Welcome to another episode of Not a Writing Advice Podcast. I am your host, Jerry, and this podcast is for people who want to harness their creativity, either to live the life of a full-time creative or to enhance other areas of their life. So first, I wanted to talk a little bit about my book that is out, Running Through My Thoughts, and it really ties together the idea of how one activity can feed into another, even if they're two completely separate things, like in the case of my book, running and writing. And I just found so many parallels between the two activities that I've decided to write a book about it, I suppose. Although I don't know that that's what I set out to do. I did just um, start putting some ideas together and then all of a sudden I wrote this collection of personal essays that I, when I was a kid dreaming of being a writer, I never thought that I would write personal essays. So just the fact that it exists at all is pretty exciting um, because it's not something that I had ever planned to do. But um also, the fact that it exists is really exciting because it now means I am a published author. So yay for me. <laughs> so yeah, so check out my book, Running Through My Thoughts. Um, you can get it on Amazon or I will soon have paperback versions available on my website for sale. So um, check my website, everydayscribe.com slash, slash books. And um, that's just one slash. I just couldn't say the word. And um, see if I have some available um, paperback versions for you to purchase directly from me. And talking about my book is a great segue into the conversation I wanted to have today about the value of a book. So... Um, I wrote this blog post a while ago, what is the value of a book? And I'll link that in the show notes, um, below, but I, I was thinking about it in the terms of purchasing a book versus purchasing a notebook or a journal and, or planners or anything like that. So I, I, thought about this as I was walking in and out of stationery stores and I was looking at the prices of these little tiny little notebooks that were literally just stapled together and they were selling them for five dollars as they're just little notebooks with no lines no words no nothing they're just plain little notebooks that probably had maybe at maximum 20 pages in them and they're like like I said really small so they would fit in my back pocket easily and they were selling them for five dollars now I do want to say that the paper quality was really good and you know it's a specialty um, stationery store so I wouldn't expect anything less than five dollars for that but it got me thinking why I would spend five dollars for a stapled together notebook of paper that has no words or in it at all. And then we have people selling their books, like 
books that they've spent possibly years writing for 99 cents or less online for an ebook. So when I went to price my book, I was like, I just refuse to price it at 99 cents, even though it is a short book. Um, I've been, I advertise it as a mini memoir, but it's um, personal essays, it's a collection of personal essays. And depending, um, it's like 80 pages or so. So I still, I could not bring myself to just charge 99 cents for it or offer it for free because I spent a lot, a lot of time, not only writing it, which was a big undertaking because even though um, the essays were in existence before I put them together in this book, I completely rewrote all the essays. So I, I took the essays that I had previously, completely rewrote them, then rewrote them again, sent them out to beta readers, let them read them, and um, they gave me some feedback. So then when I got my feedback from them, I went ahead and reworked some of the essays over based on their feedback. Then I sent it to an editor, the editor, which I paid for, and the editor gave me more feedback. So I incorporated all of her feedback and then I um, got this bright idea to rewrite some of the essays completely again. So then I sent it off to another person to read and got their feedback. And then I incorporated their feedback into it. So it was a long process of not only writing, but of revising and then the cost of the editor. And then on top of that, I also had to learn. Well, I mean, I guess I didn't have to. I guess I could have outsourced it, which would have incurred costs. So I um, kept the cost for myself and learned how to create a cover, how to format the book, how to do all the stuff. And so I spent a lot of time just learning new things. And then um, I spent time getting it all put together and then finally placing it for sale. And that's not even including the marketing of the book, which honestly I have not done a lot of. But um, yeah, it's just a lot of work. And I just can't see how a notebook stapled together with staples is more valuable than all of that work, even for an ebook, because even the ebook version took all of that work because I had to create a cover for the ebook. I had to still do all the revisions for the ebook and, and do the editing and hire an editor and all of that. And then I still had to format it for the ebook. So even an ebook status is still a lot of work. I can definitely see why an ebook, though, would be less expensive than a paperback just because it doesn't have all of the material usage of a paperback. But I don't, I don't want people to devalue their work by just selling their books for 99 cents. So then I got to thinking about what I, I would spend for a book. 
And honestly, looking back on my spending history, I would probably spend more on a journal or a notebook in the past than I would for an actual book. And I get a lot of my actual books from the library. And if I like it a lot, then I'll purchase the book for myself. But I tend to try them out from the library first if they're available. So I was thinking about that, like how I've spent my money in the past. But as you may know, if you've listened to this podcast, I think I've mentioned before, or if you read my um, articles on my website, you'll know um, that I advocate for not spending a whole lot on a notebook for like journaling purposes or whatnot. And it's partly because of the fancy fanciness of the journal, because if I spend a lot on a fancy journal, I don't want to mess it up. So I don't want to write in it at all, first of all. And then if I do, I really want my handwriting to be neat. I want my thoughts to be extremely profound. And in a journaling session, neither one of those things are really going to happen for a good journaling session for myself. Neither one of those things. I'm not going to write neat. And my thoughts are definitely not often profound. I, I write a lot of not profound things before I get down to some stuff that really needs to be worked out. So it's not to say that I don't ever write something profound, <laughs> but in order to get there, there's a lot of crap <laughs> before so the profound things come out. So in order to have that space, that space for me to just be messy and all over the place and write crap, I have, I found it's easier to just write in a notebook that doesn't cost that much and, and that I feel okay about messing up. <laughs> So I don't really purchase a lot of journals anymore, but I do still love them. I love, I love them. And if I, if I could justify spending the money for it, I absolutely would have more of them, even as I sit empty on my shelf. So if I'm still willing to purchase a book that has no words in it and sometimes even no lines in it just to sit empty on my shelf, then why would I not spend at least the same amount on a book of words that was written by somebody that spent so much time pouring their heart out in some cases, sometimes not, I'm not going to lie, sometimes it's not a big pouring out of their heart, but you know, my book was really personal in a lot of ways, so I'm pouring out a lot of emotion into this book, and I, that takes a lot of energy just in the formation of the words, not even in consideration of all the actual writing of the words and the editing of the words and the rewriting and the all the other things I've already talked about. So I just want to talk about that. I mean, I have been talking about it. I just want to talk about it again. <laughs> and I have another article in mind that I want to write that's adjacent to this um, idea of 
the value of a book and the value of a journal and what we are willing to spend on either. So look out for that. There'll be another blog post coming soon, I think. I've been working on it. I just, sometimes the words don't come as easy as I'd like. But the ideas are still rolling around in there. And it's based on something that I saw on Instagram. There's a hint. (laughs) So... Look out for that article that's coming out soon on my website. And also the next time that you want to buy a journal, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't buy journals. That is not at all what I'm saying because you know, well, if you've followed me at all on any kind of platform, you know how much I love journaling. And I found I find that it is so powerful in so many ways, not even, not just for my writing, but for my um you know, getting to know myself and learning about myself. It also helps my writing quite a bit and it helps my business quite a bit. But, you know, so I love journaling and I will never tell you not to buy a journal. And especially if you prefer to write in journals that are fancy, then absolutely go for it. Please purchase a fancy journal and write in it and be true to yourself in your fancy journal. I just want you to consider what you're willing to pay for a book and what you're supporting, not only as purchasing a book, not only are you purchasing the words of of a story that could transport you to another place and time and give you perspectives that you may never have considered. But you're also supporting an author, especially if you're supporting an indie author who probably has done all the work themselves like I did. So by purchasing that book, you not only are you getting a whole nother world, you're supporting a small business, basically. So just, I don't know, just keep that in mind the next time you go shopping for books and you don't want to pay more than 99 cents. Think about all this, the work that goes into it, all the heart. And ask yourself what you're willing to pay for for a blank book versus what you're willing to pay for for a complete story. Anyway, that's not writing advice, clearly. It's purchasing advice, I suppose. <laughs> but it's not even that. It's just, you know, if you just... I'm not telling you not to buy 99 cent books because they're out there and I want you to support authors, especially indie authors. So if a book that you want to purchase is 99 cents, don't not purchase it because it's 99 cents. I'm just wanting you to think about what you would purchase or what you would spend for a book and why you have the the narrative in your head that you do about purchasing a journal versus purchasing a book. I mean... I'm going through the same thought process, so I'm not saying that I'm thinking that I'm thinking the right way. I'm just, I'm just putting out a thought and you can agree with it or not. You can run with it or not, you know, whatever. Anyway, that's all I have for today. Look out for for my new article post, which I'm not sure when it'll come out um, because like I said, it's still being written and 
kind of worked around and brainstorming a little bit right now. So I don't know when that one will come out, but it is a adjacent one. I'll link the one I've already written, the value of the book, um, in the show notes. And also check out my book. That is not 99 cents. It's still pretty cheap though. It's only $2.99. So for the ebook ebook version. So yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for considering what it's what it, your thoughts are about purchasing books. And I hope I will talk to you next week. Thank you.